With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome everybody to Pagan World. And I am so glad to have you. I'm Ed Hubbard, also known as Ed the Pagan. And tonight I'm by myself. I want to have a little bit of a moment in time to talk to you about what we're doing. And so one of the things you've seen, Pagan World Radio, Pagan World TV, and a lot of what's going out there is this amazing energy of people connecting. And we need to have people connecting. I want to congratulate Spiral Moon TV. And it's become, as they've mentioned, like the fourth station to start to start to broadcast. So yeah, there you go, Ms. Uh, Janet Callahan. Congratulations. Spiral Moon TV join, is joining into the world that is emerging for online television. Uh, for the references, Peggy World TV, Fringe TV Online, and also the latest before this was Witchcraft TV Online. And so all of these stations have been really working. And it's been very interesting to see how they all kind of exist in, in together. Because one of the things we need to have more of is connections. We desperately need connections between us in so many different ways, and we have so many different ways to connect. What is connections? It is a, a direct link between me and you, and or between me and another person. The more connections we have, it's called the network effect, the more ability we have to influence our environment. And there will be people who will talk to you everything about um, the idea that you can keep your numbers very small, very tight, to having huge macroscopic numbers into the hundreds of millions, or as Peter Diamanda says, a billion people, because that's the new billionaire reference. Can you affect a billion people? And the world is now at scale that we can do that. It's hard, it's difficult, but it's not impossible anymore. In fact, my goal for 2024 is to reach and, and, and create a new network or build on the networks that I have created and bring them all together to allow us to have a million participating members in connection. And I think connection is a very strange thing. And what do I mean by connection? To have it so that you can establish that you can make a connection to find what you're looking for. It's just simply a conversation. It could be you need legal help. It could be that you want to buy something. Or you just want to hang out and have a cool time with somebody that thinks like you, that feels like you, who may have a different idea but respects you all the same. There's a lot of different reasons you want a connection. It could simply be because, you know, you need somebody to help you with your groceries, and having connections to your local community is important. So connections are the single most important thing humans have. And I do think that one of the things that the modern world has done is that it's, it has attacked those continuous connections to tribe, to family, to clan, to coven, to circles, to temples, churches, 
whatever it is that is your main connection, the great family, that it is being kind of pushed out by the modern world. And we know that it is. And so, but the more connections you have, the more you can actually push back against that world. And what it is is that the more connections you have, the more opportunities you have to share your ideas, your share your thoughts, and to also have other people appreciate your labor, your creations, your ideas. If you're a candle maker, having connections both can get you more of your supply material because those are essentially a connection system that's very, very important to a supply system, people who need candles. And your particular take on candles might be very important. In the magical world, your way to create a spell might be very important. You, you, know, you create it, it comes from your teaching, your training, and everything else, and then you write a new spell. And guess what? People like it, so you send that out. And people might say, oh, I like your spells. And you may be able to say, well, what if I get them into a book? And you go, okay, you get them into a book. And your connections say, oh, we love that book. And through your connections, you can get that published either through self-publishing, through semi-self-publishing, or have one of the small or greater publishers help you. And all of this is vitally about connections. You might have a great book so good that Llewellyn, one of the people of Llewellyn, says, we want to publish that. And that may be great. You might have some of the smaller publish, uh, uh, Cross Crow and other systems as, play, as well, move into those positions. And so we see that as well. So connections are, are the most singular vital thing in, a, in the community. And so we are looking at that ideology. The second thing you're going to hear, and this is the buzzwords of next year, you're going to hear this concept called day trading attention. And this is, coming, uh, this is coming straight out of Gary Vaynerchuk, probably one of the, the most interesting public social media characters we have ever seen. Simply put, it's absolutely remarkable what he's done. And he does it with a lot of empathy and kindness. He is, he's kind of said that this idea of a bully boy system is difficult. But what you're really doing is that you're actually serving your audience, your customers, your clients, that you're actually into servant leadership and you're providing them what they need. And so there is this concept of the need. And, um, and when you fulfill what they're looking for, when you give them what they want, not what they want in the sort of candiness, but, you know, seeing with empathy, giving them things that they can relate to, connect to. And in the pagan world, that's very important. And so we can have that energy. All right, we have a caller. I'm going to take this call. I don't know what it is. Okay, 447. Hello. Hey, Don. I did not recognize the 447. Uh, oh, okay. Well, that's me. <laughs> yep. Hi, Don. And, and what do we owe this call today? We're talking about the power of connections and this idea of attention next year being super, like, super important. Well, I mean, connection is, is largely what it's all about. So I've been thinking about this a lot. I don't think you're a great person to have onto it. Because um, I'm seeing a lot mm -hmm. of stuff from like today I published something that was 10 years ago. 
And I was saying that everybody was misjudging the amount of people. Uh, and Jan said, mentioned, mentioned that she remembers about that time. People said you couldn't be initiated unless you personally trained the person or knew the person. And I was like, huh, it's interesting. Now, that was, you know, to a statement I made 12 years ago. And now it's become a very, you know, you know, it's become important. Not a lot of traditions, especially the Corellian tradition. You were very much involved deeply with this idea of during COVID of creating sort mm-hmm. of online initiations and these connections. Absolutely. Can you talk about that? Can you talk about that that connection, that set of connections? Well, I, th- I think on that subject, it's really all about accessibility, some, something that uh, we've often talked about. I mean, during during the pandemic, there was no people just coming together to do things. You, you had to find new platforms to be able to come together mm-hmm. in virtual ways. Um, now, now we were very fortunate. People don't remember it very well, but we were the first ones out the door to protect our first event, which was um, the illustration. Because everybody was yep. going to come out to the illustration, it was going to be a big event, and we basically got shut down a little more than two, basically two months ahead of time. Mm. Maybe even a month ahead of time, we knew that was going to happen. And we were able to move because, well, I'd already been using Zoom rooms. People don't realize before COVID, Zoom had been around for years. The fact it won the games instead of go to meeting or X meetings is a shock because mm-hmm. they were the small mm-hmm. contender. And now, and now my next platform, which college, will be using that Zoom platform a lot. But we were like the first ones out the door, and we helped a lot of people. And we saved, I think, we saved a lot of events. People don't realize is that our energy in knowing that technology saved a lot of events. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, mm-hmm. No, so I was going to say, so so it evolved to, so why did you make, guys make the crossroads from the idea? So prior to the Zoom initiations, which are the, these hybrids, you had either the self-initiation or waited into illustration or a local temple to do your initiations. That's correct, right? Well, mostly, yeah. You did. There wasn't so much. I mean, it, it all depends on, on on the organization you're talking about. But yeah, I'm talking about the Corellians. I mean, you guys are amongst the first to do the live initiations online. Were you not? Uh, I'm, ha- I'm having some difficulty with my connection. I didn't quite get that. Oh, I said mm-hmm. that you, the Corellians were amongst the first to really initiate a um, a program for online initiations. Oh, yes, absolutely, and, we were. And before that, you did primarily through self-initiations. You would send them their own self-initiations. Mm-hmm. And yeah. or told them to wait until, and and those would hold them off until they were able to meet with either a temple or a lustration, which traveled around the country. Absolutely, yes, that's true. So, can you tell us what, when, and why you made that transition? I mean, you made it. No, accessibility. <laughs> accessibility. Uh, many people simply could not um, easily get to where someone was going to be physically available that way. Mm-hmm. 
And um, we didn't feel that that, that should be um, a burden that, that the student needed to carry. Uh-uh. And, um, you know, I certainly had, had seen um, similar things done. In, in the Fellowship of ISIS, for example, they, they would sometimes have initiation by telephone overseas. Um, if it, I mean, it was very clear that, that things could be done over a distance, just as you can read for someone who is not physically there for you. You can do anything energetically. It does not That's require it. physical presence to do it. No. Let's get into a little bit um, more interesting space for this. So do you think the crystal web, first of all, for people who do not know, we've talked about this, is the crystal web is this large creation, this large grid that has been created over and over again, and people have created spell work and uh, mostly energetic points or what we call um, – Wow, I just it just blanked my mind. Crystal access points. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing it forever. So I know people have been building that for a while. Do you think that influenced people's thinking and, and of being able to do initiations? That flow of energy we we accept is global, universal. Mm-hmm. That was a question. I guess let me rephrase it. Do you think mm-hmm. the crystal web helped the, with the access points of that, the idea of distant initiations? You know, I guess I'd have to say yes. Okay. Because it's all, it's all about transmitting energy everywhere. I do too. So connections are important. And so one of the things I think that that we're, that we did really well, mm-hmm. I think one of the things that was done really super well early on is that you basically gave away your first degree course. Yes. You absolutely. still do it, right? Through witchschool.com. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. go ahead and just take it for free. And that created a very essential connection between you and them by offering this teaching through witchful.com and other ways as well, but of the first degree course. That they could become clergy, a priest or priestess of the first degree, and you weren't charging anything. And um, you weren't, in fact, you weren't really charging anything for second and third, really. Um, twenty nine ninety nine and was the original price today. It's two hundred ninety nine for a lifetime membership, but that's usually just to make sure that you get the connections and things like that. It's not for the courses mm-hmm. per se, but access to the courses. And you can take the first degree today. So after twenty three, twenty four, twenty five years, because um, it started with the daily spell in twenty and in, in nineteen ninety eight. Um that you've been making this sort of connection mm-hmm. with people through the materials, through online, through all of it. And I guess 300,000 people more or less have taken all of these courses and have been part of taking one or more pieces of this course, which is amazing. So can you talk to that, that, that feeling of having connection with so many people? 
Oh, it's a lot of people. In fact, I, I was talking about that on uh, Midday with Reverend Don today, the number of, you know, when, when you initiate someone, when you, when you have initiations down your line, you have an energetic connection to them. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of them. It, it, it's a, a heavy thing to, to um, it's something that, that you, you do want to consider if you're going to be teaching lots of people that there is a connection there. And it's a lot of people. I mean, it's, yeah. it's been, yeah, I mean, yeah. thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And so people ask, what's the importance of this connection? So this connection, let's, I want you to carry this last one, and attention. We got a lot of attention. So honor that attention on the first degree course and then second and third, you were able to create books, mm-hmm. which have sold thousands of copies. Available at yep. growingpublishing.com in its latest editions. You yep. are able to have temples all over the world to help mm-hmm. people in lots of places. Uh, Rolando has been the latest. You are able to make a presentation at the Parliament of World Religions to the point that in 2023, you, Reverend Rain, and Reverend Phoenix, we're standing on the stage with all the other world religions. Yes, indeed. And that was through all of the connection by offering your first degree class to the world for free. Yes. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. It's true. I mean, there's no way to look at it for us other than differently. But by that act of taking and being generous, you generated this incredible effect. Hmm? And so... Well, yeah. And, and you know, it's it, it's um, I mean, it's it, it's good to offer things to the world. We mm-hmm. build a better world. I mean, I I always say that the reason for doing all of this was to build a better world by getting good information to people and as many people mm-hmm. as possible. And now, do you feel that has been done? Well, it's certainly in process. In process, okay. I, 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 I think it's a better world for having done it. I think there's still much more to be done. Mm-hmm. Well, I think for you, so connections for you now go from um, administration has gone to a whole bunch of other people. You've actually, you're retired from the administration of the Corellian yep. Church, Nativist Church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so now you're, you're getting wrapped up. So next year... You're planning to once again give away the first degree course and teach it again in some mm-hmm. ways and continue that process to start a whole new class of first degree people um, instead of leaving it to others. Is there any reason why you're doing that? The same reason, to make a better world. Make a better world. Hmm? I mean, the, the, I, I still believe that spiritual growth, when it, whenever one person grows spiritually, it benefits everyone. And the more people who can, can be helped to grow, the better off the world is going to be. So I'm going to offer one more piece. So people have been asking me, so I'm all about connections right now, connecting, connecting, connecting. Because we can talk about it because that first degree class, we've talked about all the other things, but it also brought Pegasus Tonight Radio, which is hundreds of hours, Magic TV into existence. Um, which is mm-hmm. thousands of hours of video. You know, we have books generated from your vlogs. So we see this regenerative process of mm-hmm. of growth. 
out of the simple act of being public, of allowing people to connect with you and and gain attention. Yeah. And for all practical purposes, you gave birth to the largest Wiccan tradition probably in history. I know there were people yeah, who would challenge agree with that. that. Right. And so that was all through energetic connections through the Internet and the attention give, that you gave and received back in kind. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, something I, like that. It really is. Right. So people are asking me, why am I not looking at, do I want a unified, why am I not looking at a unified pagan world? So can you talk about this idea of unity for you? You've been through it. Why is unity such <laughs> a bad idea? Or is it a bad idea? Well, I just take that question, folks. Well, Framing. it depends on what you mean by the word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like the word consensus. I absolutely despise the concept of consensus decision-making. I think it's incredibly destructive anywhere mm-hmm. you find it. On the other hand, having a consensus, building a consensus is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of the same with unity. The idea of trying to create a unified organization is madness in the pagan world. Um, it's neither wanted nor needed, nor would it be helpful. Having some unity in some of our goals is not necessarily a bad thing while retaining our individuality. So it depends on exactly how we're using that that word, but what we really want is to be able to work together while also remaining independent. And that's what I think is going to be very important. Because obviously Mm -hmm. you're going to come from the Corellian point of view. Yes. And you, you know, a certain amount of attention. Now, one of the things that's going to surprise people is that essentially you're going to lead the effort to build basically a Corellian, following along the what lines of other people. Uh, HEC has done a wonderful job. Uh, please go to wickenseminary.edu. Top-notch courses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. What they're, um, they're doing. But you're also looking now – Especially, you've seen it, you've been in here, you were like the first out there in the world. You're finally now, 22 years after starting Witchfold, that you're finally getting around to the idea of finalizing this and creating something contemporary. More of a, uh, what is it, uh, a, a Bachelors of Divinity for Corellian ministers. Can mm-hmm. you talk about that, that idea and what that goal is? Why are you taking this on? I think in the end, Mm-hmm. it really all comes down to trying to get the best information in the most people's hands in the way that's mm-hmm. most useful to them and being relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what um, what you know or what you think if it has no relevance to the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, at least in subjects like this, we, we must be relevant. We must um, be mindful of the world that we live in. And we want to have the best, the best information and, and understanding possible. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, that, that is still my goal. And so this is why connections are important. And this is why we're seeing attention as important. We're going to teach more about this and we're going to deal more with it as we go. 
as we, we, we explore this. But I want to touch on this thing. So let me offer one more thing. So like I said, you're going to hear something called day trading attention. And so let me go ahead and tell you what, from the Gary Vee point of view, is that you market in the year that you're at. Yes, you may have been a great Facebook marketer, and, and today you can still be, but if you're not into reels, reels are really hot that you know, you're not going to do as well. People like to do what worked yesterday, today, and then vilify what's coming down the pipeline. It's very important. They, they make, demonize the future. They you know, are so negative on the present, and they're so nostalgic for the past. No one wants anything to change, but they, want, they love the changes when they happen. And so we're constantly being dragged over to the pedestal. And pagans are bad about that. Let me go ahead and be honest with you. Pagans are like the worst. I have not gone through a, a, a platform transition without fighting my own people over the platform transition. Yeah. You know? And this last year was the same thing. We're about to build Witch College. Another platform was said, and I got completely and utterly rejected on that. Uh, people mm-hmm. don't remember when we wanted to go to the Ning site. And uh, we got blasted out of the ground only to see us fall into the Facebook group situation. Um, people don't realize how many times we've had the right answer. The early Witch School was great because it was basically a social media platform. We didn't understand it that, but people could come to Witch School and connect through a chat room, email groups. Um, mm-hmm. Radio. I mean, we did a little bit of radio. And then eventually we would get into Magic TV, so we would, they would see video. They start to get to see places. And people don't remember the impact that those early rituals, that they were able to see other people's early rituals had. Mm-hmm. So you were doing rituals, and they were actually filming. We filmed a lot of rituals. So many people had never seen a real ritual. Yeah, until the, that's absolutely true. Because people don't remember your witch school system, Magic TV, was the first, we believe, the first pagan-based channel on YouTube. Yeah. We joined in February yeah, and it, 2006. Yeah, no one had done previously. And, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things and, we tried to do was, was give people the way to vicariously attend things they could not geographically attend, mm-hmm. experience things they could not geographically experience, uh, which is, I mean, geographical isolation is always an issue, for, but um, it was more so then than it would be today because the community ha- has, has gotten larger. But there are still lots of places where... Um, you're not going to find that local thing very easily. Mm-hmm. There you go, folks. It's true. And so Pagan.World, join us, and you can discover this. Thank you, for Don, for calling in. That was unexpected, but I'm so grateful to ha- have you. Um, Absolutely. And uh, so tonight we're going to do – well, any last thoughts? Uh, well, you, you know, have. connection is, is the most important thing. I mean, life is about connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, every, everything that we can use to connect ourselves better, I think, makes, makes every, everything ultimately better. Uh, isolation, I think, is our greatest enemy. 
I agree too. So we need to raise I want to bring together a million pagans in a connected tissue so it lets them communicate. And uh, and if we can grab that much attention, it'll change the way our community works and exists. I want to get into the magical implications. Just the ability to have that will change everything. Um, so tonight we're going to bring you Pagan Books. Tonight we're going to bring you Ellen Everett Hopman. And she's going to talk about the sacred herbs of Yule and Christmas. So there you go, folks. That's going to be a lot of fun. And so if you want to reach Don Lewis, and he has a Patreon and other things, how do you reach Don Lewis? You say, say that again? How do we reach Don? How do we reach Don Lewis? Well, you can see him every day at how, midday on Pagan World TV. Yes, and you can find me at RevDonLewis.com, which is my Patreon. Okay. Um, and I can be I can be emailed at DonLewisHP at AOL.com. There you go. One of the oldest email addresses in the world. It is actually an AOL that's been working continuously since the 1997, I believe. Maybe yeah. a little bit earlier than that. Hmm? Yep. You were one yeah. of the first people. You were one of the first people on AOL. All right, you folks. Um, and here we go. Hi, and we're back with Pagan Books. And today we are talking with Ellen Everett Hopman, a writer, uh, a, I believe a druid, and, and was loving the celebration of this time of year. And, the, and one of the books she wrote was The Sacred Herbs of Yule and Christmas. And I find it very interesting. Not oftentimes you'll see a book about Yule or by Christmas, but she's willing to mention that. Well, welcome and, and blessed and happy holidays. Let's you know, get start with that. So let's go ahead and start. Why do you say Yule and Christmas? Are they separate pieces or are they the same piece? I mean, we get this constantly confused these days. Well, Yule is the pagan holiday and mm-hmm. Christmas is the Christ mass which is the not-pagan holiday. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I had to have both uh, sacred herbs of Yule and Christmas, remedies, recipes, magic, and brews for the winter season. (laughs) So I had to cover both. Okay. So is there something that's just Christmas? I know that I can see where there's a lot being Yule because, you know, one side, you know, the idea of the Christ and Christianity does have a bit of a reaction. A, 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 you know, a kind of a push out of, let's be honest, they, they push out a certain amount of pleasure out of their society. So I can see certain types of beers and ales and yules and celebrating like that being happy. But is there something that's like Christmas? That's just Christmas? Herbs? That sounds, yeah, yeah, I never thought about that. Christmas mm-hmm. is the Christ Mass. So you're mm-hmm. celebrating the birth of Jesus, mm-hmm. which is problematic to begin with <laughs> because December 25th was actually the birthday of Mithras, um, Mm -hmm. who was a Persian god, but was also worshipped in Rome, Mm -hmm. um, especially by the soldiers. But the Romans uh, loved Mithras. And uh, Mithras was celebrated all all through the Roman Empire. And there's even a temple in London uh, to the god Mithras which you can see to this day, it's still there. At least the the foundations are still there. And then the Romans had a festival of Saturnalia, which is the festival of the god Saturn. And that took place around the same time, starting, I think, around December 17th, but going on 
for a few days. And at that one, as you said, it's a, it's a fun time <laughs> when people would run naked through the streets and drink a lot of alcohol and um, slaves and slave owners would trade places. Um, so, you know, it, there must have been quite a bit of hilarity <laughs> at that time. Absolutely. And yeah, and then the Romans exchanged gifts. And uh, they they gave each other wrapped presents, and then they put little sprigs of holly in their gifts as ornaments. And holly is a a warrior tree. Of course, I, it's an herbal, so I go into that quite a bit. And then the festival, the pagan festival, is actually even older than that. It goes back to at least four thousand years to Egypt, and um, the Egyptians would decorate the house with greenery. Does that sound familiar? And they would uh, share fruitcake. <laughs> so they they made fruitcake. And if you ever eat fruitcake at Christmas, please thank the Egyptians, because <laughs> that was where that tradition came from. Absolutely. That's, well, and that represents, you know, people don't know how much we are moved by instincts. Uh, fruitcakes were high-caloric, highly preservable uh, meals for mm-hmm. cultures that didn't have refrigerators. I think right. one thing we have is a lot of times culture blindness. What does it look like before? We have a hard time imagining before the invention of electricity, the invention of the refrigerator, the invention of, um, and now laptop, Zoom. So I think people forget. And so one thing is that people ask me, why do we still preserve books when we have the internet? Well, there's a lot of things coming up that are going to do it, but one of the reasons we do it is because it can last generations. These stories can last. Books can last where other things cannot. Uh, we'll find ways to store data and everything else. So you know me, I'm, you got, you got the internet right behind me. But books have a value, and even though, you know, that it is there on that. So having these ideas of what is sacred, because some of the old herb books, you probably have worked with them, have mentioned herbs that we can't find anymore. They're just gone. They don't exist on the earth anymore. Uh, well, yeah, if you're talking about really ancient books, um mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah, we have medieval references to books that we don't have anymore mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but, I mean, I still have my floppy disks, which I can't access anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, mm-hmm. people who are younger haven't been through this yet, but as, you'll see as the decades go by and the technology changes, um, you lose contact with, with your data. You really and do. And so that's why we that's why we talk about books and have libraries. Right. Uh, as the great Phaedra, as the great Phaedra Bonowitz has said, we don't have sacred books; we have sacred libraries. Um. So let us get on. So what are so let us get a, into like a festive thing. You know, you've got the book. You got plenty of time, folks, to order <laughs> it. Order it from your favorite bookstore. You know the rules. Go local. Go local. Go direct. And only when you have tired of those resources, use an Amazon Care so some charity gets some income. Let's let's make the system work for us. You know, so that's the rules, folks. Local, local, local. Direct, direct, direct. Can't find it there? Find something that is local. And if you have to go to Amazon, use an Amazon Care account. That's the best way to do it, so you don't have to feel guilty. Do your best job. Hmm? So they can get the book um, from Inner Traditions Baron Company, which mm-hmm. is a little publisher in Vermont. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get it from Simon & Schuster if you live abroad. Um, I know that I have a lot of readers in England, for example, and they can get it from Simon & Schuster. 
you can order it from a bookstore or you can if you live in the United States you can order it from me get a signed copy um, my website mm-hmm. is just ellenevertopman.com and um, I'm very happy to, to autograph the book to whoever you want if it's a Christmas present or a Yule mm-hmm. present um, and then I put a personal note in there and it makes a nice gift mm-hmm. there you go folks um, that's a great way to get it so why don't you give us something out of the book that we, that somebody could do, you know, if they wanted to get ready to do something really quick, what could they do? Well, one of the things I do in the book, obviously it's an herbal, so I go through a lot of herbs that are uh, relevant to Christmas and Yule. But, um, again, it's filled with recipes. There's a, a lot of recipes, and there's a, lot of, there's a whole chapter on drinks, mm-hmm. brews. Um, but what I do is I give the magical properties of every ingredient so that if you're cooking a meal, you can either just cook it. And I and I go through a lot of different cultures. I have recipes from South America, from Africa, from all over Europe. You know, you can make the meal. Um, say you have Venezuelan ancestry, you can make traditional Venezuelan food or something. But if you know the magical properties of each ingredient, you can actually make it as a potion. It becomes a potion. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I kind of visualized um, when I was, was writing the book was, uh, say you have a coven or a grove, and you want to put uh, a libation in your ritual cup. Well, you can make, I have a lot of different recipes, um, and then you can check out the magical properties of everything that goes into the drink. So, again, it becomes a potion. Um, so, for example, I have wassail recipes. Wassail is an old English tradition um, mm-hmm. where you go door to door bringing a bowl of wassail, of alcohol, um, and you can also wassail the trees. You sing to trees and make a little libation to the trees. Um, there's a recipe called Yule in a Glass, which is made with um, oranges or tangerines, lemons, lime, sugar, clove, cinnamon, bay leaf, nutmeg, vanilla bean, red wine, and star anise. <laughs> That's just one. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, like I said, I just I go through – all the ingredients, and one by one, you know, you can see the magical properties. So if you want to focus on healing, you could do a more healing food or drink, you know, like lavender, the herb lavender. Mm. You can make lavender ice cream or um, use it somehow to flavor something, you know, for peace. Um, And if you want to liven things up, uh, you could add cinnamon or ginger uh, which which jumpstarts magical intentions and things like that. That makes good sense. And it is. I think there is something really nice about the idea of potions and everything else. Most people don't uh, know this. I, I tried out early on for uh, Become the Next Food Star on uh, Food Network. And mine was the magical point of view. And everything I was talking about is how we can bring more magic into it. I got around a couple of rounds, but I was a little older than their demographic. But I actually got through three rounds of the tryouts um, with the point of view that our food is magical. You know, everything in food is magical. Uh, uh, so that was it. I loved, I loved that idea. So I've always loved that idea and that idea of kitchen witchery. And it sounds like this is a perfect book. If you know a kitchen witch, you don't know what else to get them. This is the book to get them. You know, that sort of thing. I, 
they may already have it, then you could just donate it to your local pagan library. Um, but I do think that this is another one of those books I think you should have in your library versus – you also have some books that are very personal. If, 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 if you're relatively new to this, there are books I think that you should have for yourself. And I think there are books you should have for your library. And this is one of those books you should have for your library because it's not just useful to you. It will be useful to your community. And sharing this this type of knowledge is really essential. And uh, and I'm in gratitude that uh, my lady that you do write these types of books and uh, and that you make this information available to the public or to your audience. How else do you want to phrase it, folks? To our community. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm constantly now thinking about groups and you know what people can do together. And I, that really was impressed upon me during COVID um, when we were all so isolated and we couldn't hang out, you know, and now we have the luxury of being able to, to be with people. So how do you do that? How do you enliven your, your group activities? And to me, that's the most valuable thing right now. Um, we need to come together. We need to celebrate together. We need to cook together. You know, we don't have to buy endless junk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just enjoy because the, you know people. There's a lot of talk about depression and and mental illness going around. I I mean, there's always been mental illness. There's always been depression, but a lot of people are feeling extremely isolated. And this this is just gives you an avenue. Just get together with your friends or, or uh, your spiritual buddies and and find magical activities that you can do together. And there you go. I think that's uh, – no, I do. I do think that's important, and I think that's a, a really good thing um, to know and to speak about. And I think that you've done a really great job. So there you go, the Sacred Yule, uh, Herbs of Yule and Christmas by Helen Everett Hopman. Check it out. Get it. Add it to your library. You've got plenty of time. Make some magic. You know, give the people a few surprises. When they say, oh, you're a witch? Yeah, you just drink one of my potions and see how they react. So that's a holiday teaser. Um, well, thank you. And uh, so I'll give you the last word, as I always do. Anything well, you want to say? Yeah, and for every recipe, I, I usually say kitchen witches and hearth druids will appreciate mm-hmm. this. So the, the druids. Um, I call them hearth druids. I didn't in- invent that term, but, um, you know, people that are home-centered, doing activities and crafts in the home, um, I also use that term. <laughs> so, folks, if you want to know more about hearth druids, stay tuned. We'll, ha- we'll have Ellen back in one of our spotlights, and that sounds like a really good, interesting thing I want to learn about. So, folks, this has been Pagan Books for today, and I certainly hope you'll join us for our next pagan book and and we will have more pagan books if you're a pagan book author write us at paganworldtv at gmail.com we want to uh, actually have all of it today i was talking to with chris copeland speak your own book the best way one of the best ways you can get your book to your marketplace if you are less than perfect in your writing she's helped so many people and many procedures as well to begin their process of creating their own books. Isn't that wonderful? And it's an amazing opportunity. And we're going to be all doing some of the Speak Your Own Book authors. And so 
I'm pretty excited about that. So please, yeah, feel free to contact us, Pagan World TV, for your own Pagan books. And I'm going to give a little bit of thing I just read on the Internet, on Facebook, the Greater Chicago Pagan Pride. Just congratulations. Just as received their 501c3. There will be updates to come, and they're saying, watch their dates, and they're saying, save September 22nd. Uh, 2024, go over and join Chicago Pagans Facebook group and uh, and check out all the different things that are beginning to happen there. So, folks, we're going to go ahead and we're going to enjoy. Tomorrow, I'm going to have Rolando Gomez Common from the Philippines, 8 a.m. December 1st, but it'll be 8 p.m. November 30th. Yes, he's a full 12 hours ahead of us, and we're going to be so excited to be able to talk to him, the Peace Warrior that came to Chicago, came to the United States, went home, has been working on this for years and how it's transforming and how he's transforming the world. So that's tomorrow night on Pagan World Radio. Blessed be. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.